Hello there and welcome to another episode on FOBB's podcast. I'm your host, FOBB, and um, you know, we've been considering a very wonderful series, uh, you know, tagged Standing Tall for um, some time now. Yeah, there've been some breaks in between. Um, and you know, in this episode, we're continuing in the same line and we're talking about um, something very, very uh, interesting in this episode so uh let me just start you know by saying that many people brag and boast on you know how they are self-made successes and achievers but you know in reality they are either very ignorant or they simply choose to deny the truth you know which is that nobody is truly self-made nobody is truly self-made you know there are many factors that contribute you know to the making of a successful man there are many factors that contribute to uh, uh, someone being able to stand tall making the right choices is one timely opportunities adequate preparations you know the right association or network, proper positioning, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, you know, education and learning, mentorship, you know, and many other factors, you know, all of these contribute to someone becoming successful, someone becoming, you know, a giant, someone becoming someone who stands tall, you know. so. I think it is an aberration to say, or it is a fallacy to say that you are self-made. You have, you know, the company of people who work with you, you are, uh, who, who, who traveled the journey with you. You know, you have contributions from mentors, you have contributions, you know, from people around and all of that. So it is, it is a fallacy to say that you're self-made. So, we're saying now that there are quite a number of factors that contribute to somebody becoming successful depending on the person and the circumstances you know that surround the individual but there is one particular factor that surpasses all of the above and it is the grace of god that is the making grace the making grace you see the grace of god is the blessing upon man's pursuit, purpose, and destiny. It is just amazing, you know, how God has decided to bless man, you know, with grace. It is it is just amazing to see how somebody can grow, can go from ground hop, you know, in twinkle of an eye, you know, all by the grace of God. So the grace of God is God's blessing upon man's pursuit, upon man's purpose, upon man's destiny. The grace of God is an enabler to do the extraordinary, you know, even from an ordinary standpoint. Uh, uh, let me paint a picture. When Jesus met uh, um, that blind man who was born blind, and different people, you know, would be wondering, oh, why was he born blind? 
why did he have to be so and all of that? But we're not even going to, you know, why he was born blind and all. Look at what Jesus did. He picked up, you know, mud, spat in the mud, and then washed, I mean, rubbed it on the man's face and asked him to go to the pool, I think the pool of Siloam, to wash his face. And the moment the man did that, he regained his sight. He got his sight for the first time ever. That is quite ordinary. I mean, this person needed his sight. He was born blind. And what Jesus did was to spit, you know, in a parchment of sand and then rubbed it, you know, upon the man's face. I mean, it must have looked quite disgusting or demeaning, you know, and, you know, very ordinary as well. But he did that, and then the man went to wash his face in the pool and got his sight. That is something extraordinary from an ordinary standpoint made possible by grace. Look at what Babu says about Jesus in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed. That was grace poured out upon Jesus. And that was what made all of those results that Jesus did available. You see, the time that, you know, they were in the boat and then there was a storm, and all of the disciples were panicking. They were scared to death. And they went to call Jesus. And Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And then they had to just shrug him up. Master, why are you sleeping? We're about to perish on the sea. And all you can do is sleep. And he just looked at them. You faithless ones. And he stood. And he just said, peace be still. And then the storm obeyed his voice. I mean, what he did was ordinary. Anybody could have said, peace be still, ordinarily. But then there was something way different that Jesus had that made the storm to obey him. Yeah, you can argue, uh, but Jesus was the son of God. You know, he had the spirit of God measuring in uh, um, unlimited measure and all of that. But then this is a pointer you know, to what is available to us as children of God. And that having received, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can't do even, I mean, he said it in John chapter 14. He says, great things you have seen me do, greater things shall you do. So this is to tell us that we have limitless possibilities, but I am not going into, you know, the depth and realms of the anointing in this particular episode. We're talking about grace, right? So grace is an enabler to do the extraordinary, even from an ordinary standpoint. I mean, anybody could have been walking on the road and his shadow, you know, falling on people, but not one thing will happen. But Peter, on the other hand, would walk on the road and people would lay their sick ones, their oppressed ones on the road, just so that the shadow of Peter can cast upon them and then they will be healed. That was so ordinary but then there was grace behind it making it such that people were healed once the shadow of peter touched them Bible records of the apostle paul that even handkerchiefs and aprons that were taken off from his body i mean that touched them were 
taking to people who were sick, people who were oppressed, you know, people who were healed. And all of those people got their health back. All of those people got delivered. All of those people got healed. That is grace. Making the extraordinary, extraordinary possible, even from an ordinary standpoint. I mean, all of these people were ordinary men who have been graced. Peter was a fisherman. Paul was a tent maker. Yeah, he was also learned as a lawyer. You know, different other disciples, you know, John, uh, uh, Matthew, Luke, and all of them. They were seemingly ordinary people. But then there was grace, you know, backing them up. You know, another, another example that comes to mind, you know, in the outworking of grace, was when Jacob was in the house of Laban and Laban was being unjust to him. And then God had to deploy the instrumentality of grace to ensure that Jacob, who had been faithfully serving Laban, became prosperous and rich. And he even became exceedingly prosperous in the house of Laban till Laban could no longer deny it that yes, this young man is a blessed person. I mean, that was grace working. And he saw in a vision or a dream how the angel instructed him, this is what you do. That's the instrumentality of grace. See, grace is an enabler. Also, the grace of God is a magnet of all possibilities and favor. You see, you just encounter some people and you wonder, how are these people doing it? What exactly is the secret of their result? It is grace. It is grace. Yeah, I can understand, you know, there are a lot of people who cut corners, a lot of people, you know, who do very, you know, many things, dangerous, diabolical, uh, you know, a lot of people do things these days, make it seemingly, you know, it looks like, yeah, these people, everything, you know, a lot of people, you know, I was joking with somebody some time ago, that even people who commit atrocities also claim that the results they enjoy was made available by grace. Yeah, we understand that aspect. But you see, all of those things don't last. True grace, the result of tr true grace, you know, stands the test of time. But you see all of these people and their seemingly huge results, they fizzle out, you know, after some time. But grace is a magnet of possibilities. You see, some persons at their job, they're just doing exceptionally well. You know, and they even do, you know, they do exceedingly abundantly, you know, above all, you, you know, you can ask or think if you're permitted to use that scripture in that manner. And then you wonder, how are they able to do that? It is grace. And, you know, favor is drawn to them. Favor is just drawn to them. I mean, it, it seemingly makes your labor like child's play to others. I mean, what you're doing, and then everybody wonders, how does this person do it? How does this person, you know, achieve this? You know, what some persons have been chasing for, for, for 10 years, you come and then you do it in a month, you do it in a year, and they're wondering, wow, how are you able to do that? It is grace. You see, I, I was in church some time ago, and uh, a lead pastor was, you know, was talking about, you know, a particular lead who worked in an organization. And the, uh, um, the role 
uh, or position she was in or working at the time was not you know so significant as it were but then it turned out the organization that she was working with had this challenge an organizational uh, challenge a structure or design challenge that they've not been able to solve for for a while you know they've you sought consultants they've tried many things but it just wasn't working and one day it came across you know the years of this woman or lady uh, what the challenge was and she prepared you know a document detailing how that challenge can be solved and then she went on to present it to the CEO one way or the other and then the CEO came you know back to the office maybe the following day or something and then found the document on his desk and he was just amazed and was like who did this can you get the person for me and then they have to search for the person and then you know the person had to come with you know our direct boss or supervisor and then the CEO was like no no you're not the person I want to talk to I mean it's this lady I want to talk to you mean you did this she was like yes I know and you know in that moment she became somebody who began to consult for and advise executives of the company all because of grace what they've been trying to solve for god knows how long maybe over a year or more than became something she did like child's play why grace and you see why we cannot claim to be self-made outside of the grace of god because the grace of god is what makes you know for excellent result it is the making grace so but we must also understand that grace does not neglect the place of diligence and hard work grace does not ne- neglect that I, i made reference to the story of jacob and the house of liban it was not being it was not being lazy it was not being uh, uh, like a desiko it was not being you know he was hard working however what grace does is that it amplifies the fruit of your labor grace amplifies the fruit of your labor it amplifies your result you see uh, uh, you see the bible was saying in second corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 that and god will make all grace abound towards you so that you having sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work you see when all grace abound towards you you have sufficiency of all things and then your good work you know is magnified and that is what grace does that is what grace does so it makes your labor like child's play like i mean this person does it easily this person achieves you know amazing results huge results how does he do it how does she do it you know it is the instrumentality of the grace of god now grace sends you on an assignment and gives you transport fare i mean you don't go the journey you know stranded grace sends you on an assignment and gives you transport fare and by assignment we're talking about your destiny we're talking about your purpose grace sent you an assignment and gives you transport fare so that you're not stranded you are helped every step of the way now it's not that you will not encounter challenges it's not that you will not encounter difficulties it's not that you will not encounter things that make the journey 
you know look seemingly rough but you know uh, god you know uh, i'm speaking to uh, the apostle paul says my grace my grace is sufficient for you my grace is sufficient for you my grace is sufficient for you so even in the midst of you know the the chaos in the midst of the challenges in the midst of the troubles you know that you encounter in your journey in the journey to the fulfillment of your purpose is grace is sufficient for you you know grace makes you you know uh, 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 the delight of many it makes you the delight of many it makes you the favorite choice even in the midst of adversity it makes you the favorite choice in the midst of adversity you know you find people in certain organizations in certain places people just I mean the system seems to be turned against them in one way but even in the midst of that you see them thriving you see people desiring you see people desiring to just have them feel certain positions you you see people desiring them you know to be the one to make certain things happen why because of grace so in the midst of diversity in the midst of the troubles in the midst of you know uh, 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 the battles as it were grace still speaks for them so grace makes you a delight of men makes you favored and unanimous choice however however grace is drawn to diligence and sacrifice grace is drawn to diligence and sacrifice it is drawn to hard work you know we can't emphasize that enough grace is drawn to diligence to sacrifice and to hard work grace is drawn to discipline and character grace is drawn to discipline and character you must be a person of discipline and of character to enjoy the manifold grace of god I mean you cannot be somebody who is chaotic in character who is unstable in his ways who is unstable in his mind and want to enjoy the manifold grace of God no it doesn't work that way you must be a person of character you must be a person of discipline you must not be unstable in your ways you must be a person of character you must be a person of character you know babu was talking in in first peter you know chapter 5 verse 10 and saying that you know after that you have suffered for a while you know uh, uh, the god of all grace you know will ex- establish you you know strengthen you and, and all of that uh, uh, what am i trying to draw from this place that grace grace answers to sacrifice answers to hard work he answers to labor he answers to character and diligence you know you must come to that point that until Christ is fully formed in you yeah permit me to to put it that way until Christ is fully formed in you yeah so you must be a person of character you must be a person who has been built who has who has been pruned who has passed through you know the crucible you know and this is not something that just happens you know it's a process so you must submit yourself in the school of process you remember when we were talking in our previous episode the becoming fact the journey to standing tall is is a process you have to go the journey you have to submit yourself to the process you have to give yourself to the process so you have to sacrifice some things 
you know, you have to sacrifice certain relationships, you have to sacrifice certain friends, you have to sacrifice certain habits, you have to sacrifice certain pleasures to be able to enjoy that grace that will carry you to your destination in purpose and in destiny. So grace answers and is drawn to diligence, to sacrifice and to hard work. It is drawn to discipline and character. You know, one other thing to note, and it is very, very important, is that grace is usually preceded by instructions. Grace is usually preceded by instructions. And those instructions require obedience. Instructions require obedience. And when you have obeyed the instructions, then grace flows. When you have obeyed instructions that come, grace flows. And somebody is thinking, also, what do you mean? Is it the times you want to enter into certain seasons in your life, the times that God is, you know, moving you, you know, into a next level, you know, in, 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 into the next phase of your destiny, of your purpose. And, you know, some of those seasons and phases will come with instructions. Oh, these are the things you need to do but in your mind you know you have the picture you know because god is not i mean god is not just um just situational about things i mean when he gives you a plan he opens your the, the mind you know he opens your mind to it he opens the eyes of your spirit and lightens the eyes of your understanding to be able to see it so you can see the possibilities but then they are preceded by instructions things that you need to do to be able to get there but then you need grace for the journey. But if you don't obey those instructions, the grace will not flow or the grace will not flow as it ought to flow. So grace is usually preceded by instructions require obedience. So invariably we can say grace is drawn to obedience. Grace is drawn to obedience. Grace is drawn to obedience. And, you know, Bible said, talking in, you know, uh, the book of First uh, Samuel, so, uh, where, you know, uh, the prophet was talking to Saul. says, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of ram. You see, my pastor used to say something that is better to be led by instructions than to be led by experience. It is better to learn from instructions than to learn from experience. Is it because when we fail to obey instructions, the experiences that follow are not usually pleasant, but then we then have to learn the hard way because of our failure to obey the instructions. And so it becomes an experience. And then, you know, they say experience is the best teacher and all of that. I'd say instruction is, is the perfect teacher. Instruction is the perfect teacher. I mean, instruction is life. Instruction is life. Instruction is life. Instruction is life. I mean, and, you know, if we want to enjoy the life of God's way, it is good. It is recommended. It is important that we have a posture in our heart of obedience to instructions that flow from the throne of God to be able to enjoy his grace. And finally, I'm going to also say that 
grace answers to vision and an awareness of purpose grace answers to vision you cannot be a visionless person and expect grace to flow because it is going to be a wasted investment see god's grace is an investment god's grace is an investment and god is not a wasteful spender he does not like to put his resources to waste in an unprofitable venture so god needs that you have a vision and you know he's willing to open our eyes to see visions and when i talk about visions it's not just you know the typical i see i see he's talking about vision for our lives a vision for the purpose you know for which he has created us vision for the destiny as earmarked for his vision you know for that thing that purpose for which we are here on earth and how do we get this Paul praying for the Ephesians say, I pray that the Lord, Lord uh, God of our Lord Jesus Christ will baptize you with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. So it is in the enlightenment of the eyes of our understanding that will come into the place of vision, vision for our lives, vision for call, vision for assignment here on earth. And that is when grace begins to flow. Because when you see the vision, the grace is supplied to walk the journey. The moment the vision crystallizes on the tablet of your heart, then there is grace supplied. You know, as, as, as a supplement. Should we call it a supplement? Yeah, as an enabler for the journey. Grace response answers to an awareness and a pursuit of your purpose so it's wanting also to be aware is wanting to have the vision crystallized on the tablet of your heart but it's another thing to pursue the purpose is another thing to pursue the purpose it's another thing to pursue the purpose so you want to see and as well pursue you see, grace is just a such a powerful force. It's a force of possibility, force of actualization, for, for force of an enablement, force, you know, of favor. It's also a force of mercy. Oh my my. It's a force of actualization. It's it's such a wonderful thing. You know, to be engraced by God. It's such a wonderful thing for God to bestow His grace upon one. It's such a wonderful thing. And I'm speaking to somebody who is listening to me on this episode that don't go the journey, you know, on the harm of your own strength. Submit to the grace of God. Desire the grace of God. The journey becomes easier when you submit to the grace of God. Nobody is self-made. Like we said, the grace of God is an enabler. The grace of God is a force of possibilities. I'm speaking to somebody. Submit to the grace of God. You know, that thing that you've been wanting to achieve, that next level shift in your career, that that upward move in your in your business, that next level, you know, in the pursuit of your purpose. 
can be made possible, you know, on the bill of grace. It can come to you easily on the bill of grace. God's grace is calling to you today. God's grace is calling to you today. If you will just open up your heart to receive the grace of God. God's grace is calling to you today. And someone might wonder, so how do I become a partaker? How do I become a beneficiary of the grace of God? First, submit yourself to God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That's what the Bible says. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's it. It's as simple as that. Draw near to God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. When he draws near to you, he comes with his grace. You see that scripture we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. When you've drawn near to him and he draws near to you, he will make all grace abound towards you. So that you having sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. <laughs> what a blessed promise. Oh, what, what, what a glorious one. Draw near unto the grace of God. Just desire the grace of God. The grace of God is calling to you today. If you will just open up your heart. Whew. And with this, um, we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, I sure hope that you've learned something. And that, you know, a desire has been sparked in your heart, you know, for the grace of God. And I look forward to you doing amazing things, pursuing your purpose and making marvelous things happen on the bill of grace. If you found this episode, you know, inspiring and enlightening, do well to share with your friends, your family, your colleagues, you know, somebody who just might need these words, you know, uh, to be a blessing unto them. It will be, you know, the joy of my heart if you do that for us you know and share you know this message this podcast with people in your network it sure will be a blessing you know unto many thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you so much you know for being a listener it, it, it is it is only amazing you know when you walk the journey with us and you can also you know share your comments and views and opinions and and you know experiences you know, with us on uh, um, a community page on WhatsApp. The link will be in the description. You can share your story with us. And it will be a wonderful one. You know, we're here to learn together. We're here, you know, to go the journey together. All right. And don't forget, you know, to also engage with me on social media. So till I come your way again in the next episode, stay on the part of grace. God bless you. <laughs>